0: So, God with us. God with us. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 23. This is where we find this verse in the New Testament. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The word Emmanuel shows up for the first time in Isaiah, about 700 years before this declaration of an angel to Joseph. And it was given as a prophetic word to a king of Judah by the name of Ahaz. <clears throat> now Ahaz, was, he was being prompted by, by God to make some changes, and he wasn't, he wasn't doing it. And out of that, really, this is a, somewhat of a pronouncement of, of judgment on him. But there would be a sign given to Ahaz. And this sign, Emmanuel, most likely a miraculous a, a birth to a young woman in Israel, and when that happened, it, put th- it set things into motion. Well, now you move ahead 700 years, and now you have the completion of this prophecy. So an angel comes to Joseph, and he said, Joseph, now this is a paraphrase. <laughs> he said, Joseph marries with child, and it's all good because the child is conceived of the Holy Spirit. And when this child is born, you're going to name him Jesus, and that because he's going to save his people from their sins. The name Jesus is the is the Greek side of the Hebrew Joshua. Joshua means the Lord saves. So that's what it is. The Lord saves. So you can say the name Jesus and what are you saying? The Lord saves. The Lord saves. It's just as good as it gets. So, now here what we find is Once again, go back to Matthew chapter 1, and we're going to also read verse 22. Listen to what 22 and 23 says. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet the virgin will conceive. You see, this is a fulfillment, a completion of what began 700 years before. And now Jesus fulfills this prophecy. You see, simply put, the the birth of Jesus is fulfillment of what God spoke through the prophet Isaiah. And we gain the assurance of something. Okay, here it is. You ready? We gain the assurance that God is with us always, regardless. Now you look at that phrase and you go, whoa, "Whoa! wait a minute, wait a minute. I love that phrase. That's a marvelous phrase. But do I really believe it? Do we really believe that God is with us always, regardless? Let me, let me, let me, let's talk about it a little bit. It's really easy to believe that God is with us always when things are good. Right? Okay. When the checking account is full, oh, God is with us. When there's toilet paper at Vons, God is with us. When, when your kids are polite and they're super obedient, when they come up to you and say, Oh, please let me take out the trash, you're going, God's with us. God is with us. There's no question. When, when, when you get a promotion at work, you go, God's with us. When your health is good, oh, God's with us. However, but how about when you're battling depression? Is God with you? It's estimated by the World Health Organization. Approximately 264 million people worldwide struggle with depression. 7% of the American population struggle with depression. And during 2020, the depression and suicidal, suicidal tendencies and thoughts have dramatically increased. Suicides have increased. Depression. Is God still good when you're battling it? How about, how about when unemployment hits your house? Is God still with us? Or when your health turn sideways, and you just hear from the doctor, what? You heard the word cancer. Then what? Is God still with us? See, it's really easy for us to declare that God is with us when everything is good. But that's just not life. And so for a moment or two, I want you to look at two different, two different pictures Let's consider that things are good, and let's call that the mountaintop. The mountaintop's really good. It's, it's a really good place. Everything is good. It's just, everything's on all cylinders. I mean, it's just really good. The valleys, let's consider those for a moment to be the more challenging moments. So here's a question Is God with us in the valleys or only with us on the mountain? So when you look at Scripture, you see the image of valleys, variety of places. And so what I want to do for just a moment to illustrate this is just give you a few of those valleys. The first one is the Valley of Achor. The Valley of Achor is found in Joshua chapter 6. And in Joshua chapter 6, it's the story after Israel has defeated Jericho. They send the army to take care of a little town called Ai. Just They just sent a few. And here's what they said. Now, just go take them. Now, here's the deal. Don't take anything of the plunder because this is all... No, don't do that. Well, a man by the name of Achan did, and it brought judgment down. It brought, he, he took that from Jericho, and it brought judgment on them when they faced Ai. So, what happens is that they were judged because of that. So, when you think about the Valley of Achor, what you're talking about is trouble or affliction because what happened is that trouble and affliction came on the entire nation because of that sin. Well, there's another valley, and that's the Valley of Allah. Well, back up just a second. John 16, just a portion of that. It says, in this world you'll have trouble. So there's trouble and affliction in the valley. Well, then you have the Valley of Allah. Now, we are familiar with the Valley of Allah from the story of David and Goliath in 1 Samuel 17. Now, we know that there's a great triumph that happens by David overcoming Goliath. But sometimes we miss or we we fail to remember this, that Goliath came out to the armies of Israel for 40 straight days and intimidated them and nobody responded. So the valley of the law is also, not only is there victory, but there's there's intimidation, There's there's fear, there's conflict. I'm telling you, if there's been one time over the last nine months that I've had a conversation with somebody about fear, oh my goodness the Valley of Allah, fear, conflict, intimidation. Well, then there's also the Valley of Baca, which is found in Psalm 84. The word Baca literally means weeping, weeping. We've probably all at some point been in that valley where it's just, oh, we're overwhelmed with sorrow. We can't stop weeping because of the conditions that are so present within our lives. The Valley weeping. Psalm 30 and verse number 5, just the first portion says, weeping may last for the night. I wonder how many nights you've been in a place where you've been in the valley of Baca, weeping, overwhelming sorrow. Well, what about the valley of dry bones found in Ezekiel 37? And this is a prophetic picture, no question about that. And there are great things that happen. But before that, Ezekiel is taken to this valley and it's just filled with dry bones. And he sees this desolation that's there. God, God asked Ezekiel this question. Ezekiel, can these bones live? And listen to Ezekiel's answer. He said, only you know, Lord. Ezekiel did not know. In a place of dry dryness, hopelessness, no way out as it were, the only answer was, God, I don't know. I don't know. And you might be in the valley of dry bones and saying, I don't know that there's a way out. The hopelessness is overwhelming. All I see is desolation. All I see is just dryness. It's just not good. Well, what about the valley of decision? It's another one found in Joel, the third chapter. Now, let me me give you a little bit deeper context here because I want you to understand the context. The scripture says in Joel 3.14, it says there are multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. It's also called the valley of Jehoshaphat. The valley of decision, the context is God has already decided and that there is judgment that is coming. Okay, so that's already a decision that's made. But do I want to do for just a moment without doing violence to the text is just go a little broader and I'm going to ask you a question. You ever been in the valley of decision? Where you just don't know what to do next. Now that's the broadest of context. I understand that, and I don't want again. I don't want to do violence to the text, but I read that verse every time I read that verse in Joel. I I immediately think of that the Valley of Decision. Telling you that could be a dark, dark place because you don't know what to do. Well, there's one more valley. That's the one I spent a few moments with this morning, and it's found in one of the most familiar psalms that any of us. I've ever read Psalm 23. So I want you to look at it with me. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, there it is, I'll fear no evil for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I pray you speak to us from your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. It is such a great, great psalm. And you probably, like me, have heard it in a variety of occasions. And what I want you to notice is this. David says this, even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, you are with me. The darkest of valleys. You you may be familiar with this rendering. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. That's a pretty dark valley, isn't it? The translators, it's actually more accurate to say the darkest of valleys. It's, It's far more broad than just the valley of shadow of death. But it doesn't minimize that. It just simply says that there are a lot of really dark places. Did you know that there are dark valleys? Darker darker valleys, and there are darkest valleys. And that's kind of what David is saying. Even the darkest of valleys, you are with me. And it's all of the valleys that I just mentioned, and more. If we had time to go around the room, you could probably tell me of some dark valleys that you have been in, that you wondered whether or not God was with you. Those valleys exist. They're real. But here's the thing I want us to understand. When you read Psalm 23, there's something that should just leap off the pages at you. If you look at the names of God in the psalm, as well as the personal pronouns affixed to God... 13 different times is God referenced. What does it tell me? It tells me that no matter how deep or dark the valley is, God is with us. God is with us. And it's important to know, I said this earlier, but now I'm going to put it right in front of you. God is with us always, regardless, even in the darkest of valleys. And that needs to keep deep into our heart and it needs to just Stay there because God is with us in the valley of Alzheimer's. God is with us in the valley of heartache. God is with us in the valley of unemployment. God is with us in the valley of trouble. God is with us in the valley of relational messes. God is with us in the valley of cancer, of fear, of death, of uncertainty, of loss, of hurt, of betrayal and depression. God is with us. He's with us. Don't don't ever think that God isn't with you. Oh, he's just with me on the mountains. Uh Uh-uh. God is with us always, regardless, even in the darkest of valleys. And Craig Grischel, who pastors Life Church in Oklahoma, said this. It's so wonderful. He just just nails it. He says, we may enjoy God on the mountaintops, but we get to know him intimately in the valleys. And that is so true. And here's, here's something that just... Grab onto this. I, I've been reading Oswald Chambers for probably, I don't know, close to 40 years at this point. Uh, every day, my utmost for his highest. It's my favorite book that he has written. He's written a lot. That's my favorite. And it's a devotional book. Here's what he said on the October 1st entry. Okay, ready? We are not made for the mountains, for sunrises, or for the beautiful attractions in life. These, those are simply intended to be moments of inspiration. We are made for the valley and the ordinary things of life. And that is where we, mu- we have to prove our stamina and our strength. I'm telling you, that's powerful. That's powerful. Mountaintops are going to come. And, and it's going to happen. But our life is in the valley. This is where real life happens. And so, what we want to do for a few moments, I want to give you a few thoughts from Psalm 23 about when we're in the valley. How do we just have this assurance that God is with us? The first is this. When we're in the valley, remember the character of God who is with you. Remember the character of God who's with you. This is really important. David describes God as a shepherd, one who forces us to rest, who leads us, restores us, guides us. There's incredible qualities and characteristics. This is who God is that's with us in the darkest of valleys. And they're all unmatched qualities. But let me give you something from one of those other Christmas scriptures, from Isaiah chapter 9. Listen to what Isaiah writes. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Now those are some qualities, aren't they? And what do we pick up from that? We pick up first that there's unrivaled authority in him. The government will be upon his shoulders. And we learn that there will be no end to his government. Unrivaled authority. It is important to know that I'm in the darkest of valleys. I've got someone who can speak to everything with absolute and complete authority. I love that. In fact, we read in Matthew 28, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. I want you to know, he is the one who is with you in the darkest of valleys. Unrivaled authority also... A wonderful counselor. You know, I have, I don't know, if I were to try and do numbers, I couldn't do it. The times that I have spent with folks talking about various things, and there have been so many times I have felt so inadequate to try and express something that would give a person a real sense of hope. And it's at that time, who do I, to whom do I appeal? I appeal to the wonderful counselor, the one who is able to provide the counsel I need, that you need, especially when we're in a dark valley. He's the one that's with us. Listen to what Paul said. He said, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father. And this is the part I love. I love it all, but listen to this and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all of our troubles. He is the one who is able to bring help and hope in the middle of that dark valley. He's also the mighty God, the mighty God, the one who has all power. In fact, we would read another Christmas verse, Luke 1:37. this is Mary he said, "Nothing is impossible with God. There it is. There is nothing impossible. When you are in the darkest of valleys and you feel like darkness is closing in on every side, and there's no way out, God is the God of the impossible." Praise God for that. He's also the everlasting Father. I love that phrase. And when, I, when I, was, I was preparing, immediately something came to mind. It is a marvelous hymn. That is the naval hymn. Written by William Whiting in 1860. Here are the lines of it. Eternal Father, strong to save. That's all you need to know right there. Eternal Father, strong to save. The everlasting Father. All the qualities of the perfect Father reside in the one who is with us in the darkest of valleys. He's also the Prince of Peace. We talked about that a moment ago. John 14, verse 27, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. You see, Can I tell you something, and you all know this, if you've ever been camping out in the middle of nowhere, and it is really dark, here's what happens. The shadows get bigger in the dark than they are in the day. Here you have someone who is what? The Prince of Peace. When darkness is there, when it's the dark, the darker, or the darkest, the Prince of Peace is right there with us. And then finally is the absolute guarantee. And you say, What is exactly that, Gary? Well, I have a great warranty on my car. It is a great warranty. It is a really extended thing. It's wonderful. It takes care of everything. But here's what happens in the the last part of chapter, verse verse 7 of chapter 9. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. That's what he's saying. He says it's an absolute guarantee. All of the qualities that are here, the unrivaled authority, the mighty God, the prince of peace, the everlasting father... All of it, the wonderful counselor, it's going to happen because the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. It's a done deal. That's the God who is with you in the darkest valley. You need to remember that. You need to remember who's with you in the valleys that are dark. Secondly, we need to, when you're in the valley, keep moving. Don't stop. Good things are on the horizon. Can I get an amen for that? Let me give you something. Winston Churchill was a big personality. Uh, We we mostly know him from his handling of of Britain during World War II. Great leader, optimistic leader. So many quotes are attributed to him. Well, (laughs) I learned this quote. I learned this quote from a country song. Now, I'm not so sure that Winston Churchill would probably turn over in his grave knowing that one of his quotes ended up in a country song. I'm not so sure, but here's the quote. When you're going through hell, keep going. Now, you know something? You might not phrase it quite like this, but I'm going to phrase it for you. Because I think sometimes this has happened. You might characterize your life at some point in the valley. It's like, I am going through hell. I have not had, I cannot relate with someone because I haven't been there with depression. But I can only imagine Deep fear that paralyzes you, that's hell. That's hell. It's a dark valley. But you see, what I believe is so important is that we understand, just as David says it, even though I walk through the valley. That is darkest, the darkest valley. Understand, he is moving from one place to another. He is not saying, even when I camp in the valley of darkness. Now, I'm sure God would be with us if we camped in the valley of darkness. But can I just say something? Don't do that. Sometimes that's where we want to stay. We want to stay in a dark place. We want the pity, the sympathy, and all the things that come along with, dare I say, no, I don't dare. Yeah, I do. Don't remain in a place of darkness. Or don't continue to be in a place of being a victim. Jesus Christ has given you victory in Him. Be a victor, not a victim. Keep moving through the valley of that is darkest. Move through it. When you're going through hell, keep going. Because God has got something on the other side that will absolutely blow your mind if you keep moving. you got to keep going. Keep moving. Psalm 30 and verse 5, I read it a minute ago, but I'm going to read it all now. Ready? Weeping may last through the night, but what? Joy comes in the morning. One more. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. You see, we've got to keep moving. Keep moving because God has got something on the horizon that's absolutely amazing. The third is that when you're in the valley, proximity to God matters. Proximity to God matters. Let me show you a picture. I've never showed you this picture before.'ve never seen it. This is my brother, my brother Bob. He's the guy on the other side, the other guy you probably know. My brother Bob I dearly love him. don't have the chance to be together very often. They live in Atlanta, Georgia, or suburb of Atlanta. And here's the thing about my brother. Do you notice anything about him? He has a color hair that I am extremely jealous that he has. He doesn't use anything on his hair. Makes me mad. And not only that, he's 12 years older than I am. Something is wrong. I'm telling you, I I don't get it. It's just not fair. It's not fair. Now, I'm better looking than he is, so I guess everything comes, <laughs> I'm teasing. My, when my brother being 12 years older than me, when he enlisted in the Navy right out of high school, I lost my, I lost my friend. And when you're, when you're six and your brother's 18, he's your hero. He can't do anything but write. He would drive me everywhere, I'd ride on the back of the motorcycle. We'd go, to the, we'd go to Jerry's Drive-In in Klamath Falls, it was pretty cool get a cherry coke and all the stuff that with it. He was he was just he was bigger than life to me. Then he went away to the navy. And when he came home on leave, here I was, man, everywhere he went, you know. He was not getting out of my sight, and I gave him eventually gave him some space, but I wanted to be where he was. I wanted to be where do we want to be where God is? Because Proximity to God in the darkest of valleys is critical. It is so important. We must, in the process, we must make intentional steps towards God. This isn't something that just happens. We've got to take some intentional steps. We do it in spiritual ways, spiritual practices of, of Scripture and prayer, and worship, and fasting. They're all ways to maintain our proximity to God. But hear this carefully. If we fail to develop a discipline of spiritual practice on the mountain, it is less likely to be developed in the valley. You say, well, Gary, but when I'm in the valley, I'm going to go to God. Yeah, but you don't have the staying power unless it's developed when you're in the good times. It's the discipline that happens in the good times that sustains us when we're in the dark valleys. And you see, there's a great illustration of this in the life of Jesus. Luke chapter 4, verse number 1 says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee filled with The Holy Spirit's power. Jesus went into a difficulty filled with the presence of God, with the Spirit of God that he had developed in the good times, in the times of of blessing and favor. But when he came out of the difficult times, the valley or the wilderness, he was still filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Proximity to God matters when you're in the dark valleys. So we need to take those intentional steps. And the practical ways that we do that, Let me just give you a couple. Get into a life group. If you're not in a life group, you need to get in a life group. 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 You say, oh, Gary, you say it all the time. Yeah, I do because it's that important. It's an intentional step towards God. Another one is to be baptized. If you have not been baptized in water after committing your life to Jesus Christ, it's time to be baptized we're planning on doing something special the first of the year after the first of the year for baptism be baptized be baptized another intentional step get into you version read your read the scriptures just say well i don't really you know i'm not really much of a reader well i would imagine you can be a good listener U version has the opportunity for you to have a listen feature so if you go to U version for example just giving you an example if you go to that and you look for plans to read this is what you're going to find going to find all these different plans to read. Now let's say you took anxiety for one of those plans. You clicked on anxiety. Here's what happens. You come up with all these different opportunities to read scripture about anxiety to help you navigate that dark valley. And now the plans. what's cool about this, some of them are five-day plans. Some of them are longer. Some of them are shorter. And they even, in some respects, give you some incentives when you complete a plan. It's a marvelous tool to use. And every one of you have a smartphone. It's all available to you free of charge. You need to take intentional steps towards God. These are one way to do that. Remember James 4. When you draw close to God, God will draw close to you. Proximity is important when you're in the darkest valley. And finally, when you're in the valley, God will intervene on our behalf. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I am so, I'm so grateful for this. God will intervene. And if you look back to Psalm 23, look at Psalm 23, verse 4. Look at it. I will fear no evil, David says, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you notice what David is doing? He is listing resource after resource after resource. His rod, the staff, prepare. He's got all of these things right here for us. Why? He's intervening on David's behalf in the middle of the darkest of valleys. God has unlimited resources available to you when you're in the valley. All the time. But when we're in the valley specifically, we need to draw upon it. God will intervene when they're in the middle of the valley. I've mentioned this in the past, uh, but there's a part of the story that maybe I haven't gone into with detail. As many of you may know, my mother passed uh, passed away from complications related to Alzheimer's. It was very difficult to watch my mother just kind of fade away. Uh, Very difficult very vibrant and very very much a healthy woman in every respect, with the exception of what Alzheimer's did to her over a period of time. Near the end of her life, uh, she was in a memory care facility, and I was visiting her this day and in her room. And without being graphic, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be, I'm just trying to give you a picture of what I was facing, because I will tell you it was a very dark valley. In her room, she was laying on her bed, and she was extraordinarily agitated. She was not lying still. She was thrashing back and forth. It was, it was a very difficult thing to see. And I stood over her bed, and I, did, I literally did not know what to do. I, hospice could do nothing for her. Uh, there, was, there was nothing could be done. I, I was just at a loss. I got down on my knees next to her, and I took her hands. And I remember looking into her eyes. And it was like her eyes, like she was crying out from the deepest part of her heart, help me, help me. I didn't didn't know what to do. Sure, I prayed and I said, God, help. This is where I need the wonderful counselor because I don't know what to do. As I knelt at her bed and I looked in her eyes, I just said, okay, only thing I can think to do is to sing. So I started singing Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, saved a wretch like me. And I'm telling you, as God is my witness, as soon as I began to sing, she quieted, she stopped, her eyes cleared. Something happened at that moment. I'll tell you what happened. God intervened in a dark valley. It was a dark valley for me, but it was a darker valley for her. And God's resources were right there. They were right there. She was at peace. She was at rest. <laughs> After she passed away, I was going through some personal effects. I'd been doing that for weeks, as you might imagine. And But now I have to be a little bit more intentional about some things. And I found a book that Marcy and I had given to her and given to Marcy's mom as well that it was something, I can't remember the exact title, we have it, it says, Grandma was quite a gal. And so what we had asked our moms to do was to write down all these things of their life, their first date, their favorite recipe, you know, these kinds of, it was just really, so that they could pass it on to the grandkids. They would know something, they would know something about their grandmothers. Very special memories. I'm Flipping through this and enjoying the moments, but it was a dark valley at that moment too, because I'm sorrowing because mom's gone. She's gone. And my family, you know, it's just my brother and me, and now my dad's gone, my mom's gone. And it's just this this feeling of I don't know how to describe it. If you've been there, you understand it. If you haven't, you will at one point. There's just a, a loss, an emptiness. You don't know how to it's a dark valley. No other way to say it, it's just a dark valley. And I'm thumbing through this. And I find my mom's favorite song. Now, I want you to understand something. A pastor's wife of 58 years, she has sung a beautiful, beautiful soprano voice, great pianist. I mean, just she has sung 10,000 songs if she sung one. Her favorite song was amazing, Grace. I didn't know that. I never knew that until that moment. What was that? That was God's intervention in my dark valley. I want you to know something. God will intervene on your behalf with the resources of heaven. Don't minimize it. God's with you in the darkest of valleys. He will always be with you regardless. Isaiah 41. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand, for I am the Lord your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, do not fear. I will help you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, for today. And those Lord right now that are walking in a dark valley. I pray that they would focus upon the one who is with them. The unlimited knowledge and character and power and ability. Lord, that if we're walking in that valley, just keep going. You're going to keep pressing on. Lord, I, I I know that you're with us in the midst of those valleys no matter how difficult they may seem or how dark they may be, I pray, Lord, that we would stay close to you because it's proximity that makes all the difference. And then, Lord, in the midst of that, intervene on our behalf. Lord, I pray you just take a hold of our right hand and intervene with all the resources of heaven. Thank you. For those of us in the valley today, dark valleys, assure us, God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for the truth of your word. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, one last thought. Ready? God is with us regardless, even in the darkest of valleys. That's Christmas, but not just Christmas. That's 365 days.